Hey, everybody. Welcome to another glorious episode of Jeff Has Cool Friends. My name is Jeff May, you know, from from the name of the podcast. I'm very excited to have my next guest on here. He's one of my very cool friends with an insanely cool job. I'm so lucky I get to see him as much as I do because he lives very far away from me. Let's give it up for the amazing Jeff Hadezak. Jeff, how's it going, bud? Doing well. How are you doing this morning? Good. I, I just wore one of your shirts. Oh, on uh, on stage. I wore Freddie's dead. Oh, uh, I'm saying this as if the name is immediately recognizable. Jeff runs a clothing brand company called Rocking Foughton, which I'm assuming many of you have seen their work, if not own some of them. Very cool, interesting sort of streetwear inspired Asian market bootleg poster energy of really cool stuff. I am obsessed. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. We're having a lot of fun. It's me and my friend Sean, and he started this company. And I found him about eight months into what he was doing. And I, I thought he could be doing a little bit better. So I reached out and said, hey, like, what if we applied a little bit of strategy, yada, yada. And But if and, we had strategy to a bit. Yeah, they, yeah. Because it was like, you know, it, I use the, the Key and Peel Gremlins 2 sketch a lot. I literally lot of, just talked about that sketch yeah. on Nerd. With a lot of brands, that's literally like, hey, like I worked for a coffee company and that was literally their strategy. Like, well, somebody would have an idea and they're like, it's in the movie, do it. And except for, you know, when a real idea comes along and they were like, I don't know if we have budget for that. But yeah, so I, uh, my friend Sean was doing this t-shirt company and I was like, yo, like, this is really good. Like, what if we tweaked a few things, you know, pivoted a little here and there and then developed a little bit better of a social presence and it's been off to the races ever since what were the tweaks it's really just kind of planning ahead repetition and trying to do things because when i came repetition from, do you mean repetition in style repetition or? in in marketing in so marketing. Okay. yeah so i did social media for converse for about eight years Okay. And I was literally plucked out of their employee store by the, sorry, my cat is rubbing against the monitor. That's it's, okay. That's okay. Um, this is an audio podcast. So you're... <laughs> sorry. So yeah, so I, I was working the employee store in a customer experience type role. And I got to make friends with a lot of the marketing team and the store wasn't doing well. And the VP of marketing came in one day and she was like, we got to get you out of this store. And I was like, that sounds great. And uh, so she lurked my Instagram and then called me into the office the next day and was like, Hey, what would you think about running our social media? And I was just like, okay, <laughs> like right. that sounds, you know, that sounds pretty bad. Like, can I do anything about grandmama? Because yeah. I really want oh, to do grandmama. I tried. I tried. Believe Did me. you try? Yep. Did they say no? They said no, but it's all a licensing thing. Is it because, like, yeah. Like yeah Larry, because like the Larry, Johnson, Larry stuff, Johnson back. Yeah. That stuff just kind of, honestly, uh, you should have tried to get Larry Johnson back. That would have been awesome. Reebok still has Allen Iverson. Yeah. Converse with React Juice. Dude, it would have been so good. So yeah, so I, I learned from them, basically just kind of immersed myself in figuring out proper techniques. And I just kind of looked at what other brands were doing. And then, yeah, and now I just kind of apply that strategy to literally anything. I give social media seminars and I work with smaller brands and personalities and so forth and help them build up their presence. And so far, so good. It's been doing pretty well. All right. What do I have to do to get attention? Should I stop being 41? No. Was that no. a big move for me? <laughs> yeah. If I want attention in the stand-up comedy yeah, and so, podcast um, world? Yeah. You're basically going to need to wear something really low cut. 
No. Look, I'll pull my tank tops down if I have to. <laughs> but yeah, so that's really cool. I, you know, it's funny. I did social media for a company for a little while and they were a smaller boutique company. And I was really like, man, you have a chance to be the cool version of this. And it's one of those things where like, I was really excited about that, but I didn't take into consideration an owner being like, I don't think I want to gamble like the livelihood of my company on us being the next moon pie. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, you know, you think you've got this like incredible opportunity, but then like reality comes in really quickly when you're working with a bigger brand or, you know, just some of the other brands. Yeah. There, there was, man, I've got stories. <laughs> I mean, I, you don't have to say names, but this is a podcast. We love stories. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to have a bad day, drop a product with Miley Cyrus because then you can just get eight hours of hate spewed at you right into your f***ing eyeballs for like from fans and from fans yeah like it you know it's funny it's like it, the internet you know this was probably about six years ago six seven years ago and it was like at the height of the people thinking that they're anonymous online so you drop something and they would just spew hate at you for you know for eight hours yeah and all it's, because you know, it's just a all because they don't like who it. was thrust into stardom. Yes, all because they don't like it. People are psychopaths. Yeah, yeah, it's just awful. What was the product? Uh, was it a? Was it, it was a just a? It was thing? a sneaker. It was a sneaker that she designed, and you know we had a big rollout for it, and we launched with a video, and it was, you know, it was just pure hatred. I I join a couple of like like trading card Facebook groups because that's I'm like that's part of the thing that I've been doing now and it's just a weird world to get into and I'm I like opening the packs of cards and stuff I don't like the culture I think the culture is really broken but I join a couple of these and like sometimes somebody will post like a can you believe this Pokemon card sold for this much and I'm like I don't know man you're obsessing over a piece of a jersey that LeBron James wore on a yeah. card. Like the thing you do is also equally stupid. Like I don't, and they don't get it. Like people don't understand that there's so many different, like who's this for? Yeah. I don't know the millions of people that enjoy it. You know what I do when I see something I don't like online, I just keep scrolling because yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, why would you make this? Mm -hmm. like, that happened with sideshow when they got like they were doing bts stuff yeah. biggest and band in the world were like who's this for and it's like sorry guy who only collects statues of sexy x-men ladies i don't know what your deal is but like yeah. who's this for the largest fan base yeah of a i'll tell you a bts story fan. so i've amassed a pretty wide network of connections and my wife during the pandemic really fell into BTS and she loves them. And they announced four shows at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas and each show was being simulcast to the MGM Grand Garden Arena. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try to get tickets and then if it falls through, then I'll start making some calls. So I register for the presale, like the verified fan presale, whatever that Live Nation does. And we get an email that says, due to high demand from the fan club presale there will not be a verified fan presale or a general on sale so that's how crazy it is the fan I club alone it out. was enough to sell out yeah it was something like shows. three quarters of a million tickets over the shows 
Yeah. Immediately sold out through the fan club presale. So I call my friend and I was like, yo, do you have anybody in Vegas? He goes, my friend is the head of Live Nation in Vegas. What do you need? I said, I need two tickets to BTS. I'll pay for them. I don't care where they are. I just need to be in the building. He's like, dude, I got you. I'll call you right back. I'm like, all right, cool. What's up? So phone rings about an hour later and he goes, what the f*** did you just ask me to do? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was looking for, uh, you know, two tickets to BTS. He goes, okay, that's what I thought. That's what I wrote down. And I called my friend and he said, hey, man, what can I do for you? I said, hey, man, my friend really needs two tickets to any of the BTS shows. Is that possible? And he said, the guy just started laughing and hung up the phone. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's just, that is this world now. And so to look at a statue company because you like Batman, to see something that you don't care about and be like, who is this for? Yeah. It makes you seem like the old man yelling at cloudest motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. To not understand something and to vocally like stomp your feet about yeah. how you don't understand. Like that's the thing to me that I don't really necessarily understand in fandom is the like advertising how ignorant you are about something. Well, I also throw it back on the brand a little bit because I think that there are a lot of brands and I, sorry, if I start talking like industry jargon type stuff, I'll tell you to like, shut up if you do. Okay, perfect. A lot of brands really suck at storytelling and that's really all that marketing is. So if I told you that this tape measure is going on sale tomorrow, you'd be like, oh, cool. Well, who gives a shit? And I could say, well, this tape measure is modeled after a tape measure that my grandfather used to use. And it is made out of this type of material. And if you look, you know, it goes this way. Like, I can draw you in a little bit more and make you care about it. You don't have to like it. You don't have to want to buy it. But it also gives you a little bit more understanding of the product. And yeah. people don't, and people just don't do that. There's one major toy company out there right now i got five last well, there was one day last week where they posted five on sale things they were like this figure now on sale this figure now on sale this figure now on sale and i'm just like who who gives a shit about these things yeah. you're not you you know th that's when social media is a conversation and brands that don't participate their sales reflect that if you're open to the dialogue and you're explaining things and you're listening and so forth you're going to have so much more so much better results yeah that i got a lot of stuff shot down because i was like well we could have fun on social media without being like offensive or anything like that like i don't have to be a comedian on whatever anonymous brand social media i like but you can have fun and engage and interact or else all you're doing is just putting up an ad and it just seemed not fun. Yeah. And I was like, oh man. That's why I don't follow brands and it sucks. Like I have brands that I check in on to see what they're doing, but like, I don't, you know, my feed is all personal follows and, you know, friends and artists. And rucking fun. And rucking. Well, yeah, Speaking of friends and artists, I didn't, I normally start the show by discussing how I know this person. Oh and yeah. You, you and I met in a very interesting spot. You, we both met in a city that we don't live in. We Correct. met in New York. We met in New York, I believe in 2019 is the first time we officially yeah. were introduced. I'm going to, I'm going to guess that we met before this We definitely date. did. I think, yeah, we met, I think we met in 2018, but we were properly introduced because those conventions are so crazy. They're like, 
it's, you know, especially when I'm working a booth for an artist or something, you know, my job is to kind of do the grunt work. So they're able to communicate with everything their... that isn't art. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Talk to their friends, talk to their fans, whatever. And we, we were fully introduced in New York City. Yep. In 2019. The with, Windy City. Uh, <laughs> the City of the Great Winds. For New York Comic Con, I had my panel that they put up against Funko Pop. <clears throat> put Sideshow up against Funko Pop. I will never forgive them for that. That is a insane thing to do when you take the two biggest toy companies that exist in your convention and you put their panels against each other but were you running up and down the aisles throwing free product to people dude okay so i don't know if i've ever <laughs> said this on a podcast before they had so much free product to give away at my sideshow panel and it was because the show, it was like after the show, because they do panels after the show is technically yeah. over. They put me at like 7.30 p.m. It wins at six. Against Funko or seven or something like yeah. that. Against Funko yeah. Pop. And they gave away, I'm not kidding, like $4,000 in free products at my panel. By The owner was there airdropping congratulations to people. Mm -hmm. That is insane. Like that was wild to me that happened. And there were not a lot of people. So it was interesting to see. It was interesting to see that happen. And the panel was stacked, but we were there and we met at like a pizza joint through Tom Whalen, Dave Perillo, mm -hmm. like that batch of people. I know Bob Shaw was mm -hmm. there. He listens to the show uh, and he's a patron and uh, an awesome guy. Yeah. Great dude. So we met from the perspective of, oh, we're all here to work. We're nerds here to work. And I think that does create a bond <laughs> from people immediately where you're like, all right, like we're here, we're nerds, but we have to batten down the hatches. And I think you and I really took to each other. And then we just would start bumping into each other randomly at all these different places. Yeah, that was, was it last year at San Diego that we just happened to be, wa I was walking by the hotel that you were standing in front of? Yeah, probably. Last yeah. year at San Diego, that's when I was working the Tweeterhead booth, which yep. was, that was woof. That was work. It was an awesome, they have such cool stuff, but man, that yeah. was work to do that. But yeah, yeah. we were, And then I see you like at Monster Palooza. Yep. You're always out there. And it's just one of those things where we get to be in each other's orbits and it's not a thing where it's like, oh, we don't hang out enough. It's just like, I can't wait to see this person at this convention. And that's really fun. Yeah, that's, you know, which one I don't see you at, which I think you would love is DesignerCon. I, how do you not see me at DesignerCon? I don't know. No, you did see me at DesignerCon last year. Did I? Yes, you did. I came up to you. Oh, yes, I remember now. Okay, yeah, you're a real piece of shit. Well, I also do like 13 conventions a that year. Is fair. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Which you actually, we'll talk later because you are creating a mini convention yes. yourself, yep. which is going to be very fun that we're going to talk about. One thing I want to talk about real quick, and this is something, I don't know if you knew this, Jeff, but this Jeff over here has a Patreon. If you are listening to this show for free, thank you. I appreciate you. You're great. If you're listening to this on my Patreon, I like you way more than the free people. You can get early access to uncensored episodes with bonus content at patreon.com slash Jeff May. I also have a couple premium tiers, including the producer tier. And the producer tier means that you can have me pretty much say whatever the hell you want within reason. And I will, I will say it. 
So I have I have a couple people to thank for this. So let's give a big shout out to Mindfreak555, Dan Hackroyd, Norm from Cheers, Dan Adamski, World's Humblest Man, Bart Fartigan, Justin Wood. Shout out to that scene in Meet Joe Black where Brad Pitt dies. Shout out to the Tubi Terror Bunny thinks you should watch more Rutger Hauer films. Have you done a shirt on a Rutger Hauer film? I don't think we have. You no, but I would love to, like, like the Hitcher, Split Second, One Dead or Alive. Shotgun. Oh, well, we did uh, Blade Runner. Yeah, that's a Rutger Hauer film. Yep, I would say that, che- that checks out. But Blind Fury would be a good one. You should do Batman Begins from the perspective of the Rutger Hauer Ooh, board there you go. member. There you go. Just him. Just him. Like the terror of Bruce Wayne coming to destroy a company. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Billy Beck. Hi, your friendly neighborhood mortician here asking you nicely not to store important documents in a safety deposit box. That is an absolute story behind it. That is a different cat that walked in front of there. That was a surprise. That's a black cat that walked in front of your path, yep. which good sign. You got a couple of kitties running around there, huh? Uh, yeah, two and three quarters. Oh, I like that. We have Danish cheese guy who supports the free town of Christiania. Bevar Christiania. He sent me follow-up information to let me know that wasn't racist. Which was, he was like, I understand that this could be pretty racist. So here. I'll be the judge of that. He's like, I know there's a lot of languages you don't know, and it's European, so this isn't some <laughs> Viking Nazi shit. Here you go. Which was nice. I learned something. I haven't had carbs or sugar in a couple weeks. I fantasize about deli sandwiches now. I had one last night. I had a sandwich yesterday. It was. It's called Ben's Pastrami. It's a spicy pastrami sandwich. There's a sandwich spot right by the convention center in Pasadena where I last saw you, and it makes the best BLT I've ever had. And I, every time I'm in town, I go there. Yes. It's funny to me that like BLTs seem like a standard across the board. You would think. Yeah. Right. But, but people can f- it up real easy, and I don't like. I don't get it. Like three ingredients, four if you count mayonnaise, and like. Yeah, sometimes things go awry. I'm not a fan of tomato. Tomato okay. like, grosses me out. So, mm-hmm. Like for me, it's just a bacon and lettuce. The worst salad. It's really sad. Just a sad guy. Yeah, but I do like a good BLT. What's the name of the place? I'll go. I think it's called like Fancy Boy. Which He's is even a fancy boy. That's fancy yeah. Boy. He's not your boy, Toy. A BLT boy. <laughs> yeah, I'll check it out. I probably won't. I don't really, you know, I, I wouldn't to. blame him. I'm not going to drive to Pasadena for a BLT. I would. I might. You'll fly to Pasadena for I've flown to LA for less. Yeah. When are you coming out here next? San Diego. And then I will be at, we're sponsoring Beyond Fest again in September, October. So I'll oh, be, nice. yeah. So I'll be in town for that. And then right in the middle of Beyond Fest is Halloween 45. So I'll be there as well. I thought that I always do the thing where I say I'm not going to San Diego. As of right now, I'm not going to San Diego. Well, so I'll see you in two weeks. Probably. I don't know, man. Like, I got to take a year off. But then it's like massive FOMO. Yeah. I guess I could technically write it off because I'm recruiting guests and things, but whatever. Also, to the person who hasn't had carbs or sugar in a couple of weeks, I hope you are allowing yourself a cheat every once in a while or else it's going to crash and the crashes are usually not great. So allow yourself a cheat. 
Shout out to the producer formerly known as the ghost of Dave Thomas. Who wins in the what if crossover we truly deserve? Doodoo suit Bruce versus doodoo suit Logan. That would be brown costume Wolverine versus animated series Bruce Wayne in the brown and yellow suit. What an ugly damn suit they gave him, huh? I feel like I went too long and you think that's still the name. Oh, yeah, I didn't know. That's yes. Why, that's why I looked at the camera when I said that. That Sorry, is you, you were probably thinking like, what a stupid name like, that is, like, which first off, is... it is anyway, well, which I love. <laughs> I giggled at the dude, like the doo doo brown or whatever you said, poo poo suit. Yeah, the doo doo suit. That's a Tom and Jeff watch Batman reference because when we first did Batman the animated series, Tom Ryman, who was actually the guest last week, he's my co host of that show. And he just goes, I forgot that Bruce wears this doo doo suit everywhere, where it's just like this brown yeah. turd of a suit that he goes. And that's sort of taken by the fans. So there's a guy who loves getting the brown suit Wolverine stuff. And so he calls it doo-doo suit Wolverine. So Respect. shout out to eat and die Grand Canyon. I've never been it. and I don't care to. We, when my wife's from LA and when we, when she came out here, I flew out and we drove back and our first stop was at the Grand Canyon and we literally pulled up and we got out of the car and we looked and we went, Oh, that's a big hole back in the car. <laughs> okay. That's exactly what I think it would be. Also. It's so funny that you have a cat trying to like knock your microphone off of your, it's very funny. And I yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel about the Grand Canyon. Yep, giant hole. Bye. Shout out to the wandering, unpierced left nipple. Shout out to watch me use these prehensile nipples to pick up pennies off the floor. That's the most uncomfortable thing I think I've said on here. <laughs> Check out this month's Nerd with Dre and Jeff. And then in brackets, it says, Jeff, you can say whatever you want here, including being lazy and just reading this. Oh, okay. Yeah, we did Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2 was our most recent episode of Nerd, and this is our season where we're doing batch sequels to popular films. So we're doing weird off-the-rails sequels. You want to guess what they are? We got Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2? They're all for kids. Ghoulies 2? I mean, I wouldn't have called Ghoulies a kids movie, but close. It's a Gremlins ripoff. So it's, I'll take, it's not a Gremlins ripoff. One's animated. No, I don't know. What do you got? I think we're doing, I think we mentioned on the podcast, but if we hadn't, sorry, Dre, I'm spoiling it. We're doing Fievel Goes West. Ooh, okay. Yep. Which is like a real shift from the like Jewish immigrant story to like, yep. now you're a cowboy. And then we're doing Ninja Turtles 2. Okay. So we're doing just like, hey, did you like the first movie that we gave you? Here's something entirely different. Yeah. And, and then you, I mean, if you want to do a bonus episode, you can do Turtles in Time and then just, you know, what the f is going on? Well, we thought about doing Turtles 3, which was retroactively named Turtles in Time. It wasn't named Turtles in Time until like 10 years later. Oh, so weird. Yeah. They were like, oh, yeah, we made a video game called Turtles in Time. I guess we should do that. Oh, Unless yeah, that I'm like doing game. some sort of mandela effect where i'm misremembering it but it wasn't turtles in time when it started so strange and a final shout out to andrew house nemesis mcguire and if you want to get access to early access to uncensored episodes with bonus content or even get me to say your name or i can mail you packages from i must break you rips where i give you trading cards it is now july if you are listening to this and you're not either me or jeff right now talking uh, so you know july you missed out on that marvel masterpieces rip but you know i still got some 
I opened a box of 92 Marvel masterpieces. Those are pretty good. They are. It was an expensive box, but it was cool. Did you find anything good? I pulled three battle spectras. Yeah, I mean, I got like they I was afraid they were going to be bricked up and they were sticky, but they didn't really brick. Just a nice for those of you that don't know the phrasing bricked up means that in the 90s cards, they had these like gloss to them. They wanted to do really high end cards, so they glossed them out. But if they were stored in warm conditions, they basically like fuse into one oh, fat brick of a card. Yeah. And those are notoriously they notoriously get bricked up. So. We have we have that going on. So Rucking Foughton is so I got my Freddy's Dead the Final Nightmare shirt. Is this your sixth Nightmare on Elm Street shirt that you've done? Trying to remember. No, I think what happened was we just kind of like when we were suggesting what we should do because we did. I think we did part three for Monster Palooza the year before. The Dream Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, we did Dream Warriors the year before, and I was like, yo, Freddy's Dead rules, because I remember when we saw I saw it in cool? 3D at, at the Hampton Cinemas in Hampton, New Hampshire. Heck yeah. Ooh, it made by Hampton Beach, baby. Yep. yep. My sister took me, and I was like, yo, that movie rules. We should do that. And... It's funny because it's considered the like the worst. Yeah. But it's silly, and it's weird, and it's 3D. Like and there's like literally a part where you have to like put that where the character in the movie puts the glasses on as well. So that's when you know where to put your glasses on. Yeah. And it's like really it was just like, wasn't it the gates of hell or something? Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. And then at the end when he like explodes, all the little the, the things are coming towards the screen and stuff. Man, 3D was so bad. But it was so bad it was good. Yeah. I mean, I didn't as a kid, I never appreciated schlock. Yeah. For what it was like, I never, I didn't think of Batman as a comedy, the old mm -hmm. like 66 series. Like I didn't think people back then were funny. So like, I couldn't fathom that they were is what I'm saying. Cause I knew people from that era, you know, I was mm -hmm. like, my grandpa's that guy's age. He's not funny. <laughs> I was you talking know? to my nephew this morning about uh, three amigos. My nephew's not that much younger. I mean, he's not like crazy young. He's like turning 26, I think. But I was like, yo, have you seen, cause he, we were on a hike and he has an app where he, can basically Shazam bird calls. And I was like, have you seen the bit in Amigos when he's doing the bird calls and <laughs> they're just like, no, they're just looking around and he starts going, look up here. Kills me every time. That movie, I remember renting it as a kid and just not caring. Yeah. Yeah, that's a movie that, do you have to like a movie in order to make the shirt? Yes, are, that's you, that prerequisite. You, you won't do, you won't do a movie you don't love. Correct. That's that's the bit too. It's like you know that's why we're able to make the designs that we do and have them be successful is because we actually care about it. Do you like? Because I, I want to understand. Like, I, I think you guys, if you're listening, you're probably on some sort of computer device or phone or whatever. I need you to like go to ruckingfoughton.com and look at the style of stuff so you know what we're talking about here. I think yeah. it should be if you come in with me just being like, you make shirts, tell me about the shirt. <laughs> I don't think that gives people an understanding enough of what is happening here, of like what you guys do. Because yes, yeah, so the a lot of the designs are based off of like chirashis, which are these flyers in the movie theaters in Japan, they're about eight by 10 and they just hand them out. And the front is like this crazy artwork. And then the back will have a description of the movie and a couple of other more 
wild photos and design layouts. And it, you know, a lot of the brands out there are just slapping one sheets on shirts and calling it a day. But the way Sean has kind of taken this approach, and one of the greatest things about working with him over the past, oh geez, I think about four years now, is just watching how his style has developed and how he's kind of honed his craft a little bit. Wait, so he's the artist? Yeah. So he's the okay. designer. Yeah. And, you know, granted, you know, it, it's a lot of like photo bashing and stuff like that. But like, we're doing a lot to make sure that we're telling the story of the movie or and we're not just like doing stuff that quote unquote looks cool. If you look close, you'll see some fun details that really help us out and elevate what we're doing. One of the other one, one of the best examples I have is we did the Matrix and the shirt looked awesome. And right before we posted it, I was like, hey, wait a minute. I was like, can we do like red pill on one sleeve by the cuff and a blue pill on the other cuff? And he was like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, if you have, if yeah, if you get the long sleeve, you know, and it matches up to how Morpheus had them in his hands too. So really? just like fun little things like that. That's really cool. So, okay. So the process by which, all right. So, cause I'm actually, this is fascinating to me, like this process of understanding how to do this. So from concept to, to release, cause as of right now, and I believe that the sale will be over pretty much right as this. Yes. Show this goes cur up. The current sale will be ending on Sunday night. Yeah. And so we drop on Tuesday. So happy 4th of July. Hey, happy 4th of July. Uh, so so like you have what 72 hours to get a shirt right as of right now so the one that you could have just gotten was a hong kong double feature one of them is hard boiled and the other is the killers yeah the killer yeah both john, killer, uh, john woo cla classic action films chai and fat yep. awesome hong kong some consider them the greatest action movies of all time and you wouldn't be wrong they're pretty yeah pretty fun pretty fun if you haven't seen them hospital scene oh uh, yeah it's good. It's I sometimes will watch like random like 20 insane action sequences. Yeah. Just like I'll just need something on the background while I'm and every mm -hmm. time a John Woo thing comes on, I'm like, hold on one second, I gotta yeah. Every product productivity is coming to a screeching halt right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. Okay, so so you have an idea, right? So let's talk about just like the hard boiled, like whose idea was that? Right. We've been kicking it around for a while, like you know again, like we make shirts that we want to wear. So it's like, oh man, I would love a hard boiled shirt. I'd love a shirt for the killer. And then it's just trying to find the right time to do it. You know, obviously you can't, any artist will tell you, you can't tell them to do, you know, go do this and you're not going to get the best results. So, you know, we kind of let it simmer until there's a spark and then we kind of go from there. Okay. I guess that, so like you collaborate on like, this is what we should do. Yeah. And then, then, you know, we'll work together. Most of the time, the concepts are all Sean, but sometimes he gets a little stuck and I do awesome stick figure drawings and, you know, I text them to him and he goes, oh, okay. Yeah. Let me try that. And then sometimes it's just a hodgepodge of both of our, our ideas. Nice. I really like that. So, so like, do you, I mean, obviously I'm guessing that you take into consideration what will sell yes that's yeah we, and we have a facebook group where we have about like 2500 people in there and they're always like oh you should do a shirt for blah 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 and i was like yo i'd love to but it's just doesn't necessitate a drop unfortunately like yeah, you should do I, one for night of the lepus 
Yeah. I mean, like, if it was up to me, like, you know, I've got some of my favorite movies, like The Killing of a Sacred Deer and stuff like that. Like, I think Sean would do an awesome minimalistic design and, you know, have a lot of fun with it. But I don't think we would sell enough to necessitate a drop, unfortunately. How much? What's the number? There isn't a concrete number, but like, it's just kind of just kind of a, a, a gut feeling. Cause yeah, okay, because that's what I'm wondering about. Like, like with that, with the idea, because like that seems cool. Like what you guys do is really cool and building mm -hmm. it up. But I was just like, it seems like it starts as like a pretty intense money losing endeavor to get that yeah. foothold. Yeah, it is. Which is like you really got to tough it out. Yeah. And then especially going through the pandemic, you know, I know everybody's got their pandemic stories, but like it was nope. it was a breeze. Slept uh, we had I mean, in garment shortages, when they came back, the, they were triple the price that they were. Oh, we just had shipping alone, too. Shipping, yeah. the sh oh, shipping. We had USPS lose 491 packages in one drop. Yeah, I know. We That's dropped not even them off. What I, was, I was talking about, like, getting stuff into port. Oh, yeah. That was an issue, too. But we dropped off, like, a big holiday order, you know, all our holiday stuff. And we just noticed that people were commenting, like the tracking's not moving, the tracking's not moving. And we're like, yeah, no, like sometimes, you know, and when you drop off a big order, they just move and then they'll get scanned like right before they get dropped off. And they literally just disappeared. It, like you, obviously there's a claim involved in that, right? There, there was nothing. They wouldn't do anything. It, that's they why not, we like reimburse you. I mean, isn't that if tracking isn't not insured? Nope. Jesus Christ. Yeah, the postmaster general for the area was involved, you know, multiple walkthroughs of the facility and nothing. Then there's this one dude in like Poughkeepsie sitting yeah, on 500 seriously. different violent night shirts or whatever. You were. Yeah. What was the drop? It was like a it was like a holiday drop. So it was a whole bunch of like it was, we call them like leftovers. So it was like, you know, we do a time pre-order, but we also print a couple extra in case of loss or damage and so yeah. forth. So at some point, we got to get rid of those. So we just put up, you know, 30, 30 different titles that have like, you know, a handful of sizes on each. And sadly, none of them were Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight for Jeremy. No, that was like a that was a 24 hour drop. And people didn't really hit on it, surprisingly. I, I saw it in the wild once after I was like, hey, do you have any of these? And you're like, no. And then because I did desperately, I want that. It's my favorite horror film. And then I saw a guy wearing it. But he was just kind of a bigger guy. And I was like, I would offer to buy you that shirt. I would <laughs> offer to buy that shirt from you if it fit. It was at the Burbank Mall. Oh, that's great. I think I have a photo of it still in my phone. I had a kid in the Facebook group that posted. No, it was a, it was actually some random poster group that he met Carrie Ann Moss and him, his brother and his son all wore our Matrix shirts. And he was telling and I was like, oh, you know, thanks for wearing the shirts, blah, blah, blah. He was like. Yo, Shamik Moore, who plays who voices Miles Morales, literally asked to buy the shirt off my back. And I was like, that's pretty fantastic. Guess we could try to find one of those. Yeah, I'm going to try to sort Shamik Moore out. Do you not? Do you? What am I? Th oh, what's the question? Oh, do you ever like cycle back or is it like a one drop? You're done forever. Or do you ever nine like, times out of 10? It's one and done. So what's the one out of 10? I don't know. It's Has just there like been any. Sometimes if we do it, sometimes we'll make it like if we do like a version 2.0 of a design, we'll do a premium version of the original design. So like we do a regular shirt is on one one garment and then a premium like a variant will be on a premium garment. So we'll do the original design that was on a regular garment on the premium design and make it limited to like 100. Oh, OK.
Yeah, the one I got, the Freddy's Dead one, it's really is that premium? It's, no, no, that's not nice. standard. Yeah. That, that was standard. So yeah. it's like really good. Like the material was like soft, a little bit thicker than an average yeah. shirt. The funny thing is that I'm noticing too lately is that like for some reason t-shirt culture is crazy. And like, you know, you bought one oasis bootleg and all of a sudden you think you're carl lagerfeld in a materials room and be asking well what what are these printed on blah, 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 blah. like yo like yeah i don't it's, it's a t-shirt it feels good yeah it's all right yeah, yeah but I we actually compliment. we did work you know going back and forth especially coming out of the pandemic and when garments became available and making sure that we could consistently print on one garment you know made a lot of conscious decisions on the blanks that we use yeah, that's probably smart. Really comfortable. Thank uh, you. It's like a really smooth shirt. And I was actually, it's funny because I wore it to like, there's this comedy show called Blind Barber. It's in a speakeasy. It's like a Monday night. And I did like a show at 9.30 p.m. on a Monday night. It was like packed. It oh, was crazy. Like a cool place to be. And I was like, I'm really glad I wore a, a cool shirt because <laughs> I could only imagine if I just wore like a shirt with like something like Star Wars or something. Some yeah, yeah. And people would be like, all right. But instead, I wore this like kind of cool as looking Freddy's Dead shirt. And some people were like, that's a really cool shirt. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. You know who wears our stuff a lot, which he doesn't follow us, which is really weird. But every time he posts stuff on stage wearing it, people hit us up. Is that I don't, I'm going to butcher his last name. It's Stavros. Oh, yeah. Stavros. I'm going to try to pretend to know his name. Yeah, either. no. So if Stavros, if you're listening, slide into my DMs. Did you guys ever mention him? Do you guys ever met DM him? No, no, he doesn't follow us. Oh, oh, so you like, can't. So yeah, well, if even if we could, it would just go to like the purgatory. I where... mean, you never know. Yeah, they might see the purgatory. It's worth reaching out, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be. I did that. I tried to. My boss was like, "Can you get a hold of JB Smooth?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> I could try." He's like, "We yeah. got something to give him, and it's pretty mm-hmm. pretty cool thing. He might want it." And I'm like, all right. But then one time I went in through their DMs and there were like a lot of, because they it was back during the old days of Twitter. Yeah. And like some of the people that were like collecting some of the really cool stuff, I was like, I know that porn star. Yeah. Like, I know that adult actor. I know that, you know, like I know that singer. I know that drag queen. It was like, man, <laughs> these people are all DMing this company. It's wild to me. I don't, it's too much pressure. Yeah. Wow. What what would be your you said killing of a sacred deer? What are some of the sacred deer of your like, you know, I really want to be able to do this, but it won't like there's no way it'll sell. You know, if you put me on the spot, I'm not gonna be able to tell you. You know what movie I love and nobody talks about enough, and I get whenever I bring it up. But did you see in 2006 Paul Walker did this movie called Running Scared, and it was based off of a graphic novel? And it's like he's an undercover cop. And then there's a crook that lives next to him and the crook's son shoots the crook and it's with a mobster's gun and it becomes a race to, and the kid takes off running and it becomes a race of tracking down the kid before the mob can get to him. No, that's all these little weird offshoots. And there's one scene on at a hockey rink where they have Paul Walker on the like face down on the ground and they're taking slap shots at his face like it's a wild movie and it's highly underrated so that sounds wild yeah watch that it's great and there's a shirt to put paul walker on it though 
Well, I mean, you know, because yeah, of the, guess, you know, because of the, because he died. No, because of the several teenage girlfriends he has. I didn't know about that. Oh, you didn't know about that? Yeah, Paul Walker had a problem with underage girls. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and we a lot of people just pretend it wasn't a thing because he's dead. Oh. Yeah, he was like dating, I think, a 15 year old. Oh, that's weird. When he was, yeah. I'm going to have to do my due diligence on that before I start recommending that movie on a public forum, like a podcast. I mean, it doesn't mean the movie's bad. (laughs) (laughs) I, it's hard because, like, I also like David Bowie's music, but he also, yeah, you know, dabbled in some underage ladies. So, yeah, it's hard. How do you, I don't know. It's also like those those dalliances were separated by a couple decades as well. So yeah, there's, I was listening to one. Oh, I was listening to Dr. Hook's cover of a Rolling Stone. And it's like, there's one line, like we got a lot of teenage groupies and it's like, you want to be hollering that up? Yeah. They really liked that back in the day. Yeah. I do like the people that are like, Oh, you have a problem with that now. Only now that they're considered children. And I'm like, well, we knew they were kids in the sixties and seventies. That wasn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just ne- never really listened to the lyrics until I was like driving down the road the other day. Oh, I'm a big lyrics guy. Mm-hmm. That's the part of, I mean, music in general, because I'm musically awful, mm-hmm. not so bad at music that like listening to music is like watching a magic show for me. And so I desperately try to deconstruct and understand it because it's something that I can never do. And I don't want to know how to do it. I just want to like see all the cool moving parts. Totally. I have a lot of friends that are in bands and just watching them, like some of them are in bigger bands and like just watching the machine that is their band. Like for one, like one of them, I'm friends with the guitar player for Fall Out Boy. And like, I talk to him all the time and then like, they'll release a song and I'll be like, what, like you got a new song? And he's like, oh yeah, the new album's done. And I'm like, what do you, what? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, tour starts in two weeks. So we're announcing it like tomorrow. And it's like, why didn't this bring me like come up? He's like, oh, yeah, I'll be in town like in three weeks. Like, yeah, that happens with the Portugal, the man. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's weird, too. Like what blows me away about bands like that is they're just like, oh, yeah, we made another song that everyone's going to. And you're just sitting there like, how? Yeah. Like most musicians will never do one song. You know, but like, you know, Fall Out Boy doing like Sugar, We're Going Down. And then, you know, Feel It Still by Portugal, the man. These are like two massive hits. Right. And you're like, well, that's it. I mean, that's it. I mean, and they all they had good music before that hit, you know, mild hits and stuff like that. But like, you're like, that's your one. And then something new comes out and you're like, oh, so you just have more. Yeah. Oh, so you just happened to write a song that Disney's going to use as the theme song for their next movie and put it all in their theme parks and everything like that. Like you just tapped into the zeitgeist at the right. You just know exactly what to do. And I'm sure there's a lot of like producers that are their job to know how to like push them and move them and stuff. But it, it is unhinged to me that people can be that good at something that I just don't understand. Like that, I guess is the really neat. And I've heard, you know, Oh, well, you know, we get to hide behind instruments. You just go up there with a microphone and you're basically naked up there. I'm like, what we do is not the same. (laughs) Nobody's repeating my jokes. Well, they say that, don't they say that every comedian wants to be a musician? Every musician wants to be a comedian. I don't want to be a musician. (laughs) Are you kidding me? That looks so hard. Yeah. It looks very difficult. Then you In see comedy, like, I just notice 
something that happened. And then I'm just like, I can twist this a little bit, right? I can make somebody laugh on this. And then you look at somebody like, do you ever listen to the Dillinger Escape Plan? I'm aware of them. I haven't listened. Yeah. To them. So they were friends of mine as well. And they're I like hardcore punk, right? They're, they're crazy. I equated their live show to watching a baby crawl on the ledge of a 10 story building. Cause you, there's just instruments flying around and guitars twirling and fire blowing and people jumping off of stuff. And you just keep going like, Oh, look, is it? What? and then, yeah. you know, somehow everybody ends up okay in the end. I was at my friend's former guest of the show, Tim McCuga, did a show with uh, Have a Nice Life came out here and they sold out the Fonda, which was really mm -hmm. cool. And I was there. I took my wonderful producer with me, who was a fan. Shout out to my producer who came with me and and we were there and I didn't. I don't really know what to expect with that because Have a Nice Life is, I guess, like a shoegaze kind of thing. But like there were like very vibrant people at this really depressing, like by design music. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, man, there's a lot of people that are like really bumping this. And he's like, yeah, the TikTok generation found our music and they seem to really like it. So, yeah, I was talking to my nephew today about that. Because we were discussing about how it's so difficult to find good music now. And we were talking about there's this band called Sleep Token. And I guess they're huge on TikTok, right? So they came through here in November. They were the second band on a four-band bill. So that was November. Fast forward to this summer. They're coming through. They're playing the Worcester Palladium Big Room. Two nights. Both sold out with strict two ticket per person maximums mm -hmm. and the only peer-to-peer -peer sharing so you can't like jack up the prices and it's just like yep they were big on tiktok <laughs> so they sold they sold like uh, about eight thousand tickets the last time i was at the worcester palladium i was fighting oh who'd you fight i fought a now trump kind of douchebag guy we kind of got along back in the day and then because the last that was 2011 was my last fight and he got this really great shot in on my throat like he threw the right punch while i did the wrong move and i got punched in the neck and so obviously i lost the fight and that but i also that the palladium means a lot to me because that's where i decided to change my life <laughs> and like get it that's where i decided to get divorced Oh, wow. In the Worcester Palladium in the middle of a boxing ring with a couple thousand people watching me. Oh, it was a boxing match. I thought you were talking about Oh, I didn't about get into like a fist fight. I'm not. Oh, no, I've, I've gotten punched in the nectar and ringworm at the, at the no, Palladium. <laughs> at the, Pal the Worcester Palladium, for those of you that don't know, the Worcester Palladium is a venue about half a mile from the Worcester, the DCU Center the DCU or Center. The, the Worcester Centrum, depending on when you go. You know, like it was yeah. the Centrum when I went to see the Beastie Boys for my first concert. That was my first concert. Was that the Hello Nasty tour in the it round? It was August twenty fifth, nineteen ninety eight. I was there. You were there. I was yep. there too. Yep. Maybe we were, were you GA or were you in the seat? Well, everybody was GA because everybody rushed the floor. Well, yeah, you all you <laughs> rushed. You might have been right near me. We might have I, met I, back I in stayed, 1998 I when I was in, in my, high school. Probably. I stayed in my seat because I I was like right level with the stage because it was in the round, so that was perfect. Yeah, that was a really good tour. I saw somebody. Oh, weirdly enough. Former guest of the show, Ivor Marie Palmer, the author whose book just dropped. Check it out. The Jules Verne Prophecy. She wore to our boxing class the Hello Nasty sardine can t-shirt. 
that's the shirt I bought. Oh, that's so good. I became, I'm like, I want your, I want that shirt. I'll buy that shirt off of you right now. I want that shirt so bad. And she's like, I was like, I'll give you 50 bucks for that shirt. She's like, it's covered in my sweat. I'm like, fine, 70. <laughs> but no, yeah, that's so funny. We were at the same. Anyway, the Palladium is like a smaller, dirtier version of like a real arena. It's yeah, it's cool. an old school theater and it yeah. holds about 3,500 to 4,000 people. If you were seeing the WWE at the Centrum or the DCU Center, you were seeing ECW at the Palladium, that's, which that's I good. did. That's good. That's like the best way I could describe that. I noticed that Rucking Foughton follows a lot of wrestlers. Yes, we have we hit big in a lot of the wrestlers, but we also know a lot of wrestlers. Sean grew up with, I don't know if you're familiar with like some of the current roster, but on AEW, he grew up with Brody King. So that's how we did the, the House of Black drop that we did. That's what um, I was going to wonder about with that interaction with all those wrestlers is if you guys were moving out of just doing film. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we do stuff. I mean, one of the other things that we just did seven, seven shirts for Kiss. So we got hired by Kiss to do some stuff. There's six on dot com right now on their on their dot com. And then one is the merch booth on their final shows, which is pretty rad. Wow. Um, yeah, we did. There's another band called Black Veil Brides, which isn't, you know, isn't necessarily up our alley, but they reached out and they were fans and we did a, a drop with them. But yeah, we do wrestling stuff. We've got, we did a Danhausen drop, which was awesome. We're going to be doing like an, that would move units, right? Yeah, that was yeah. great. We're, and we're doing another People one. People love that him. guy. He's the best. He's so funny. I don't really follow that, but I, from what I get, from what I guess, he's like a nice ghoul. Yeah, it was based that, off of like thing? a, yeah. yeah, he's a ghoul and he curses people and he, he wants all the money. Yeah. Fantastic. That, that sounds great. I know he yeah. does a lot of like signings out here. Yeah. Yeah. AEW people come out here a lot and they sign stuff at like toy stores and comic book stores. They're brilliant. Yep. Yep. It's And that's, I mean, a lot of them are nerds like us and they go, they have vlogs and do toy hunts and stuff like that. So, oh yeah, it all just makes sense. That's like Joshy G, Josh Gallegos. He runs the workout thing with Seth Rollins. And I went there to work out with them. And there was like a bunch of like really awesome dudes from like Mattel that I became friends with and was just like, I love these guys. Like, and yeah. they're all nerds, mm -hmm. all just a bunch of nerds. Yep. And I do love that. I love the fit nerd culture. <laughs> it's a, it's such a weird culture because we never were that. Yeah. I work with Jason Edmondson a lot and there's this dude that pulls through every show. He flies out to like every show. His name's Steve. And the dude is just like built like a brick house and you wouldn't expect it. And he's like, yep, I just went here and I bought this entire line of Masters of the Universe toys. And I need, yeah, it's just, I need that Cobra Commander piece and all do this you, other stuff. Do you collect toys or anything? I try, I'm trying not to, but it's proving to be very difficult. Okay. What are you trying not to buy that you've been buying? Currently, my weakness is the NECA Universal Monster stuff. That's great stuff. It's expensive, too. Yes. Yeah. yeah, those are like, those are $45 figures. Yep. And, there, you know, there's the color version and the black and white version of everyone. So I'm tracking those down. And But I kind of limit myself. Like, I don't buy them online. I have to find them in the wild. And, you know, if well, I set these parameters. conventions a year. So that's the other thing, too. Yeah, that doesn't help things. <laughs> yeah, that would be like saying, like, I'm trying to avoid Super 7. Yeah. You're just like, woof. I remember when they were just starting out down in San Diego and they were just doing like the little reaction toy. Yeah. 
And then it's pretty crazy like, that watching them huge. Yeah, watching them blow up has been fantastic. And yeah, they're such they, great people too. I was just hanging out with a couple of those dudes at the licensing expo in Vegas a couple of weeks ago. I really and, like them. They, I don't know them very well. I knew a lot of the people from Mondo, uh, obviously from our, you know, because I think we connected. Yeah, obviously, we mentioned through Tom Whalen. And, yeah, I, when we met, I was the director of marketing for Mondo. Yeah. So like, those are the people that I know, which makes mm -hmm. way more sense. Yeah. No. And then that has made a massive shift for obvious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Things have changed, unfortunately. Is Bob still there? Bob's still there. Okay. I like Bob. Bob's, Bob's holding it down. Good. I know. I think Peter Santa Maria has gotten more work with them now. Yeah. Something along those lines. It's like a he's, weird. Yeah. He's got a new role. Yeah. He's an, he's another person I'm really excited to see growing as well. You know, attack. Okay. So here's, this is weird. Alex party had a viewing for a movie nearby and at, the digging up the marrow movie. I'm guessing. Yeah. At okay. be kind video. Yeah. Yeah. He was digging up the marrow with that. So, yeah. Which is a great spot. I love, I donated a Dick Tracy shirt to those guys. Cause they collect Dick Tracy stuff. They're really oh, super cool. stand up there. So I, I they were I, they were like can you make it to the show and I was like I don't really can because it was like sold it was like selling out and they're like it's gonna be sold out and like you know if you want to come just let us know and I I was like I don't think I want to do that it's a small space they only sold enough you know a number of mm -hmm. tickets adding me I'm not a small person so adding me into that room I don't think would have been a good advantage for them so I had to bail I ended up going and playing just like pinball or something and a dude in a, a Alex party shirt walked in to my pinball spot. It was like mm -hmm. the monster Garfield, like the thing. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, is that an Alex party shirt? That's really cool. Like I was supposed to be at his thing and blah, blah, blah. I have a bunch of his shirts. He's like, oh. and then right after him, another guy totally separate walked in with an attack Peter Godzilla versus like King Ghidorah shirt. And I was just like, oh, so it's just going to be like shirts of people. I know just strangers <laughs> wearing shirts of people. I know. And now I got to get more people to buy rocking fought and stuff so that they can do that. I'd appreciate that. So how often do you do drops? We're, I'm going to start winding down the regular episode. So I want to know, like, so, so you just wrapped the hard boiled yep. Hong Kong two pack with the killer and hard boiled. You just wrapped yep. that. So what's, when's the next one? I'm not going to ask what the next one is, but when. Yeah, is we have the next week off because of the holiday. And then we'll have another drop on the 14th and then another drop on the 21st. So it's and, every week. Yeah, we do about three drops a month. Oh, okay. Wow. That's good. That's real. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're a company, you kind of have to do that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. About three or three or four drops a month. And, and it's, and there's quite a variety. And do you drop, are they a surprise? Like when do you? We, we announce them on Monday. You so on Monday, on Monday we'll re we release a trailer that will kind of tease what's going on. And okay. then Wednesday we reveal the main design. And then Thursday we reveal the full collection. So the main design the variants and if there's anything extra like an all-over print or yes. shorts or sweatpants or anything like that so you just yesterday july 3rd you didn't announce one but next week correct you will, you will. okay correct on so if you're listening for monday free, yeah, monday the monday the 10th there's so a good if you're, one. if you're listening for free meaning that you're listening on July 11th, I'm assuming, then you should head on over to Rocking Fountain. I mean, you should just go there anyway, right? <laughs> That's one of those things where I'm like, you should just do that, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd appreciate that. Yeah, shoot, give us a follow on Instagram. That's where that's our primary platform. And or you can download the Fountain app and never miss a drop because we'll I send saw, you a- I yeah. saw that. It's like, 
is it like FF or something like that? F- like, FTTN. FTTN. Yep. And you set your push notifications on and we will let you know as soon as stuff goes on sale. You'll never what's, miss a drop. What's FTTN stand for? Just fought and without the vowels. It's kind of like, like the Nike sneakers app. Oh, okay. It's just SNKRS. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So what about you? Are Do you like to stay sort of more anonymous in that with like, if I wanted to promote your social media, for example, I know that you was like, here's my family or something like, oh you know. yeah, no, I, you know, people can follow me. I just talk about nonsense and I post weird food. And then I usually, I find weird cosplay at the shows that I'm at and take pictures with it. I have nine times out of 10. I have no idea what they are. Yeah. Cause um, your, uh, your Instagram is X Viva hate X. Yeah. And it took me a while to <laughs> figure out what it was. I couldn't, I forgot the X something then X, mm-hmm. which is such a like, seen thing to do oh yeah well, like I'm, 2002 or well, i'm 40 43 years straight edge so i'm holding uh, it down because <laughs> i was like yeah jeff he's shivatix or was, <laughs> uh, it took me a while to figure yeah. that out but x viva hate x v-i-v-a-h-a-t-e-x and of course you are quint your photo oh yeah yep the quint, the, the quint photo yep so we could check that out ruckingfoughton.com definitely want to check that out or ftn app Yep. Is there anything else you want to plug? Oh, well, I have a, if you're in the New England area this uh, November. You know what? I want to come right back to that. I want to talk about the convention and I don't want to bury that in the Patreon exclusive. Okay, perfect. Um, you have a mini con coming up. We'll, yeah. We'll, so, extend the, we'll extend the episode. I oh, don't thank think. you. Thank you so much. Sorry about that. that. Yeah. So DesignerCon, right? Yeah, November. Since DesignerCon got pushed out of November, I we noticed that there was a, a hole in the calendar and uh, another friend like of mine. I would like to add real quick, and I apologize for, for the, we've mentioned it a few times. DesignerCon is a more independent artists convention. Mm-hmm. It's more, if comic cons are like superhero stuff, DesignerCon is more of like the it's, weirder uh, yeah, offset. It's, weird. it's the Japanese toys. It's the, it's independent artists, posters, a few clothing brands, but not too much, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. But when they got, they for some reason, I think the Anaheim Convention Center was booked when they normally book. So they're now in December. And with the hole in the calendar that, you know, this friend of mine, girl named Jessica hit me up and she was like, yo, we should put together something in, in Boston because there's never any conventions around here. There's a crazy art scene, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yo, let's do it. So we kind of did a divide and conquer where we, she took a look at the venues and we tracked down a venue in Cambridge and I started reaching out to artists. And if I could look at my list, you should Cambridge is by the way, the, this is funny because you were kind of both new England and similar in age and stuff. We have a lot of similarities. Cambridge is actually where I did stand up for the first time. Oh, crazy. At the, the middle East, which is, uh, but they're still going, but it, 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 it is a ticking clock. But yeah, so for artists for the mass minicon, we've got Jake Bannon, who's also the singer for Converge, Sarah Deck, Jason Edmonston, Calvin Leaturi, C.A. Martin, Dan McCarthy, Ghoulish Gary Poulin, J.C. Richard, Greg Ruth, Matt Ryan Tobin, Rucking Fountain's going to have a booth, and there's a couple other that we haven't announced yet. But really? it's going to be one day, 12 to 6, 10 bucks cash at the door. Just an easy little guy. Yeah, it's super, super quick and easy. The only reason why I'm charging at the door is because the artists aren't paying to have a table. So it's a free tables. It's a free tables for the artists. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's just going to be fun. Nice. I, I'm trying to think. I'm like, yeah, you, 
I think you were telling me you were harassing Tom Whalen to do it. And he's just yep. like, I can't drive all the way out there. Yeah, he's pretty much not doing conventions anymore, which is a bummer because I miss seeing him. So I have to hope that maybe somebody at New York will fly him out to do a signing or something and he'll come hang out. Yeah. Is that because uh, where are you based out of? You're in New I'm in Boston or I'm in Lawrence. I mean, doesn't that count? <laughs> Lawrence counts. <laughs> if it's the name of somebody you'd fight in Boston, in Boston, then it yes. counts as Boston. You're like, I'm in Quincy, or Chelsea, yep. or Lawrence, yep. or Lynn. Those are all the names of people who have tried to fight me because I didn't have cigarettes. At the Worcester Palladium. At the Palladium. <laughs> in the ring. And in Justin, Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did want to. I did want to. So, like, where do we get more info for that? So, dude, right now it's on Instagram and Facebook. It's just at Mass Minicon, and we're getting ready to start ramping up our social. We have we made the announcement. We have the initial flyer out, but you know, now I just went through a crazy stretch of like four weeks straight of travel. So now I'm able to kind of focus in and really start putting some effort behind this. And it's in on Saturday, November fourth. So we've got plenty of time. To, oh, yeah. uh, to, to like ramp it up and get the word to... out. Yeah. Do you have like, we... a, how big is the space? Do you have a very limited amount of like, yeah, like it's, I think we've got 11 or 12 announced and we can comfortably fit 14. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, are it's... you all booked up for who the artists are? Or are you yep. still like, there's a couple that you're trying it... to get? No, it's all booked up. And so... there wouldn't be a person if you were like, Tom Whalen changes his mind. If Tom like, Whalen changes right, his mind, I, yeah. There. Yeah. I was, I would definitely, he might only have a six foot table, but we'd get him in there. <laughs> all he deserves hey get him uh <laughs> jeff i so i want to say for those the people that are listening for free this is our goodbye to them if you want to head on over to patreon.com slash jeff may and sign up for any of those tiers that are, start at five dollars you can get the bonus content and you can get the shows a week early with an uncensored no bleeping out and all the curses sorry I the fun so thing we do is when i drop the free episode that has no cursing we put all of that cursing into one tiny episode and I release it on Tuesdays <laughs> called the swear cut where it's just the swears. It's like an oops, all swears episode. And it's really fun. There was one that was like two minutes long. It, well, this one could be three. I think we were pretty tame. <laughs> well, I'm stoked. Okay. So rocking Foughton, mass mini con Jeff Hadesack, you are you're the best. And Thank you so I, much. I, I delight in you. I love being able to see you. I don't see you enough. It hurts my feelings that I don't see you enough. We live on literally different oceans, but that's okay. I will do my best to try to come home and do a show closer to you. Cause I do shows in Worcester. Yeah. The last time you were in Worcester, I was in California. It that's made no right. Sense. Gift of the Magi. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love doing that redemption rock brewery spot whenever I mm -hmm. go. Cause like a lot of times people are like, they'll try to get in the clubs and I'm just like, Oh, I don't need the clubs. I can bring money to a local business and make all of the ticket sales for myself. Everybody and keep them low. Yep. By doing it independently, I can keep my tickets under 20 bucks or I've been able to so far. And like, you're not going to get that at a comedy club. Not at all. So yeah, no, I really do enjoy doing that. I don't know why I did a random plug for Redemption Rock Brewing in Western Massachusetts. They're just great. They're really nice people. Really cool spot. A, a, a progressive brewery of cool people that are like, yeah, we'd love to do a stand-up comedy show here in our weird picnic table space in the back or whatever. That's side. perfect. It's cool as hell. But that being said, you don't have anything else to plug, do you? I mean, I no, I don't think so. 
So on my end too, if you are my Patreon, thank you so much. You get access to shows like Nerd, which you can also get for free with Dre Alvarez, as well as the Patreon exclusive Ugg Fine with Kim Crawl, our month in review. So that episode just dropped a couple days ago. We, our June in review just dropped. So that's congratulations to everybody involved in that, which is just me and Kim. You can head on over to Gamefully Unemployed to listen to Tom and Jeff watch Batman, or you don't even like this network. For you don't even like this show and you don't even like sports as well as the live pack breaking you don't even like sports cards it's so weird we changed unpopular opinion which it was unpops back in the crack.com days and then we've changed it to you don't even like this network to avoid a cease and desist <laughs> apparently somebody already copyrighted it or whatever oh, that's crazy but yeah regardless we have we have a lot of really cool things over check that out and also go to my youtube youtube.com slash at hey there jeffro you can see me do a lot of cool stuff including the i must break you show which is opening packs of trading cards is really fun it's fun i have a blast doing it on top of that if you are a patron stick around if not if you're listening for free we will see you in two weeks jeff say goodbye hey everybody thank you so much for listening i appreciate it i hope i didn't say too much and i hope you found some things i said interesting have an awesome day Now I figure it would. Don't you worry about that. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you in a bit. Patrons, stick around. Hey, everyone. Our artwork is created by Justin T. Brown, who can be found at Artness by Justin Brown on Instagram, as well as artnessbyjustinbrown.com. That dope music you heard is by Troy Nababon, available at Troy Nababon on Instagram, as well as at TroyNababon.com. Nababon is spelled N-A-B-A-B-A-N, and boy, does that shred. Thank you all so much for listening. See you next time.